So there the mind akasha were parts. So Brahman was who meditated upon is possessed of many attributes of which the mind and akasha were some of the attributes. Here now it is intended that Brahman who meditated upon which mind and akasha are the total attributes. Meaning as representing Brahman completely in its entirety. That the mind represented Brahman partially. Akasha represented Brahman also partially. Here the mind and akasha are presented as representing Brahman in its totality. <coughs> this Brahman of the nature of mind and akasha also has this anga or the avayavas or limbs that this Brahman 
of the nature of mind and akasha is chatuspa having four feet. Vakpada, pranapada, chakshupada, shrutrampada, speech, organ of smell, the eyes and ears, these are the four feet of Brahman, which is mind, at the individual plane. Agnipada, Vayupada, Adityapada, Dishapada, the fire, air, sun, and the quarters are the corresponding feet of Brahman, which is Akasha. It is Uvaimeva Adishtam Bhodi, Adhyatmamcha, Adhyayavadamcha. In this manner, meditation upon Brahman at the individual plane as well as the cosmic plane is instructed or enjoined. <coughs> Adhyatmikan, Padan, Prapanchayati. All right. Something more about these four feet. Why is it? Vageva, Brahmasya, Tarutha, Pada. So what's the uh, further characteristic of this, the foot called the Vaga, the speech? So, Agnina, Jyotisha, Bhadija, Tapadisha. There is a correspondence between the foot of Brahman at the individual level and the one at the cosmic level. And so speech is the pada or the foot of Brahman at the individual plane and fire is the foot of Brahman at the cosmic plane. This is a correspondence. Meaning that the speech here, bhatijat tapatisha, it shines, it emits heat. So it shines and it burns because of the light of the quarter called, foot called the fire. So agrina jyotisha. But the light of fire, that the speech also shines and also illumines or it heats or warms or, you know, emits heat. <coughs> so this is a further characteristic. Yaivam Vedavana meditates in this manner. Bhatijat Tapadisha. His outcome also is similar. That he also shines and emits heat. How? Kirtya Yashasa by the fame and by the, by Kirti and Yasha's fame in his presence, fame even when he is not there, so fame in the place where he is, fame where he is not. Brahma Varcha Yayavam Veda, he emits heat also from his personality by the luster of Brahman, by the luster of the study or the meditation on the Vedas. So Bhatshakara tried to explain how these are called the feet. In case of mind, that is Brahman, how to explain this pada or the feet? Vachai padena gavani, padena eva gavadi. Just as an animal such as a cow reaches a desired place with the help of the feet, so also Brahman reaches a desired object, either object of speech, object of hearing, object of smell, object of, you know, so he reaches that object through this organ, therefore, that can be compared to a foot. <coughs> so, vachahi vakta visham pradipatitishthade. The mind as Brahman reaches the object of speech through the organ of speech. <coughs> an object of mind, an object of smell, or object of the uh, smell. So, manasa padayavak pranaha. Then also eyes and the ears. So these four are called, these organs are called feet, only because Brahman, which is mind, reaches the corresponding object with the help of these. In case of the cosmic plane, how the fire, how Agni is the foot, and then also corresponding to this, the Vayu, then Aditya, then Disha, how they are the feet? So just as the foot of an animal are joined with the belly, so also, with the belly that is Akasha, or belly of the Akasha, these four devatas that is joined, so they can be called the feet. <coughs> and then the correspondence between the feet at the individual level and the cosmic level. So tatra vageva manasa brahmana chaturtha padaha sadhnina 
सो अग्नि अतिदेवत ज्योतिषा भातिश दीप्यते तपति संतापन औष्ण्यम करोती सो दैट स्पीच इज द फोर्स ऑफ वन ऑफ द फोर क्वार्टर वन ऑफ द फोर फीट ऑफ ब्रह्मन विच इज द माइंड सो अग्नि अतिदेवत एंड स्पीच बाय दग्नि विच इज दिसाइडिंग डेडी शाइंस एंड एम इट सीट सो औष्ण्यम करोती अथवा तेल घृता आग्ने इन केस ऑफ द स्पीच दिस पर्टिकुलर एक्सप्लेनेशन इज पॉसिबल एल्स वेर एक्सप्लेनेशन विल नॉट बट इन केस ऑफ स्पीच अग्नि कैन बी इंटरप्रिटेड ऑल्सो एज आग्ने अशनम एज द फूड विच इज कैरेक्टराइज बाय फायर सच एज ऑयल घी विच द फूड कैरेक्टराइज बाय फायर सो बाय दैट फूड ऑल्सो वट इज मेन्ड बाय द स्पीच शाइंस भातीज तपतीच शाइंस एंड एम इट सीट मीनिंग दैट वदनाय उत्साहवती स्यात स्पीच बिकम्स एंथ्यूज्ड फॉर स्पीकिंग सो देयर इज एन एंथ्यूज्याज इन द स्पीच एंड इंस्पिरेशन इन द स्पीच आल्सो मीनिंग दैट नॉट ओनली दिस घी ऑयल गिव द स्ट्रेंथ टू द स्पीच बट दे आल्सो इंस्पायर द स्पीच लुक्स लाइक यू नो एंड सो सो देयर इज एन एडिशनल एक्सप्लेनेशन ओनली एप्लीकेबल इन केस ऑफ स्पीच विद्वत्फलम भातिज तपतिच एंड द रिजल्ट ऑफ द मेडिटेशन ऑल्सो द मेडिटेटर ऑल्सो शाइंस एंड एम इट सीट एवं वेद यशसा ब्रह्मवर्चसेन स्वानंदगिरी से कीर्ति यशस प्रत्यक्षरोक्षिफरेंट कीर्ति एंड यशस इज वन इज प्रत्यक्ष इन वन प्रेजेंस परोक्ष वेन वन इज नॉट इवन प्रेजेंट then continuing the page 124 the next three passages are explained the same way prana evam brahmanas chaturasap padah svayuna jyotisha bhati chatapati cha bhati chatapati cha ज्योतिषा भाति ्रह्मवर्षसेनाश्रोत्रोतिषाति <coughs> कीर्तिया वायु this vayu there brings a smell for it is in this instance air is presented as a presiding deity of the organ of smell <coughs> aditya is the corresponding foot at the cosmic level which in fact illumines the ear and the eyes so eyes shine and emit heat shine and emit heat meaning that they also are able to impress other it shines on its own at the same time it is able to create an impression on others with the light of the sun meaning eyes gets its energy to do its work as well as shine before others by the the, the energy that it gets from the sun and shrotram gets its energy from the the, the devatas called the quarters so even all of these are considered as devatas the idea is that the sun the wind and also the fire and the quarters even 
So they are not just some uh, inert elements, but they are the live conscious entities. This is how we look upon. The whole universe is an intelligent universe, not only functioning, but it's a manifestation of consciousness, which is intelligence. So not only the universe is intelligent, but then it is intelligence which alone manifests as the universe. And what is intelligence? Consciousness is intelligence. We need not even say consciousness possesses intelligence. It is intelligence. Meaning that intelligence also when you trace what is true nature is, it will dissolve into consciousness. will not stand apart from consciousness. We can separate intelligence from consciousness and consciousness possesses intelligence. But Vedanta does not believe the separatedness between the guna and the guni. So the attribute in that possesses, possesses attributes that we do not look upon them as different because the part cannot be without partness. So Nyayikas look upon partners as different from part. So partners is the attribute of part and that's two different things. Which is all right for purpose analysis and understanding. It helps, helpful. So what the Nyayikas say is also all right as far as Vyavahara is concerned. For them Vyavahara Satta is the ultimate reality. Therefore their explanations are also good at the Vyavahara level. But for Vedantin Vyavahara is not the ultimate reality. Vyavahara also is manifestation of higher reality. That's all it means. Just as Einstein said that this three-dimensional world is a manifestation or projection of a higher reality. And so also this Vyavahara is a manifestation of the higher reality. So there is no... In the ultimate analysis, there are no such divisions as inert and conscious. And so... Purusha and Prakriti are all right at the Vyavaharic level. Ultimately, Paramatma is, he is what? He is beyond Purusha and Prakriti both. So Purusha and Prakriti, both of them are two expressions of one truth. That's when the seventh chapter, Lord Krishna calls Aparaprakriti and Paraprakriti. So this matter is looked upon as Aparaprakriti, the inferior nature. And the conscious being is also called Prakriti. That's the only place where conscious being is called Prakriti. Because conscious being also has the same degree of reality. Therefore, both are the manifestations or expressions of one higher reality. <coughs> so, Agni also is intelligence. It's also consciousness manifesting as fire. Consciousness manifesting as sun. Consciousness manifesting as wind or air. Consciousness manifesting as the directions. Consciousness manifesting as the organ of speech and smell and eyes and ears. One consciousness manifesting at the cosmic level and the individual level. And therefore, even though the dimensions are different, but the essence is the same. What matters is the essence, not how big or small an ornament is, that it is gold. Not how big or small is a wave is, it is water. Not how big or small you are. So helping us to get out of this complex. We suffer terribly from a complex of being small and limited and insignificant and suffer and make the world suffer, unfortunately, you know, naturally. What else can I do? My inner suffering will be only, you know, distributed to others. What else can I do? I can only give to others what I have. That's okay. By the way, yes, the suffering is because of my sense of insignificance, which doesn't have to be. I don't have to measure myself by the dimension, measure myself by the essence. <coughs> so here Upasana is also ultimately, therefore, Bhashyakara says all of these are meditation upon Param Brahma. Ultimately, there is only one in the one reality alone, not that there are two Brahma or something like that. Therefore, he interprets prana, sutrakar also. So prana also is param brahma and speech also, and jyoti he is also param brahma, param brahma. All meditation one param brahma in the ultimate sense, you know. <coughs> so Vashyakara says in the second, in the line, 20th line, tatha prana eva brahmanas chaturasaf padaha 
सवायुना गंधाय भाति चिरपति ग्रहणायोगनोस्मेलोम capable of perceiving smell because of the support of the vayu the vayu brings the smell to the organ of smell tatha chakshu adityena rupagrahanaya श्रोत्रम दिग्भि शब्दग्रहणाय तथा स्मिलरली चक्षु आदित्येन ज्योतिषा सो सो द आईज गेन देयर कैपेसिटी टू परसीव और इल्यूमिन द कलर्स एंड फॉर्म्स सो रूप ग्रहणाय फॉर परसीविंग रूप मींस फॉर्म और कलर बोथ आदित्यक्षु आदित्येन ज्योतिषा by the energy that is provided by the sun shrotram digbihi so disha is the plural devar the ears shrotram the organ of hearing gains its energy from the directions shabda grahanaya for perceiving the sound vidya phalam samanam sarvatra ब्रह्मसंपत्ति अदृष्ट फल वेद विद्याफल सर्वत्रवेर द रिजल्ट ऑफ मेडिटेशन द सेम भाति तपति चीर्तिया यशसा ब्रह्मवर्चसेन गेन्स अ फेम एंड गेन्स अ लस्टर ऑफ ब्रह्म सो लस्टर ऑफ द नॉलेज ऑफ ब्रह्म This is luster coming from the meditation upon Brahman, identification Brahman. So just as the ears and eyes and speech and smell, all of them are shining because of their identification with the corresponding devatas. So it's because they perform the the meditation. That's why they have this capacity that they have. And so. That's what Lord Krishna also says. Marsha saptapurve chattvaro manavastha madbhavaha manasajata yesham lokayamah madbhava. Marsha saptapurve the seven Marshis, the four Sanat Kumaras, the fourteen Manus, all of them have. So the saptarshis have the capacity to perform their actions. The Sanat Kumaras are endowed with knowledge. The Manus have the power to rule. Where did they get all this Mad Bhava? Because of gaining my Bhava, because of identifying with me, because of performing meditation and identifying with me, that they are endowed with the capacities, my capacities. So Ishvara possesses the Kriya Shakti and Jnana Shakti. So Sanat Kumaras got the Jnana Shakti. The Manasis got part of Jnana Shakti and Kriya Shakti. The Manus got the Kriya Shakti. So one gets Shakti not only because of identification with Ishvara. So when there is meditation with Ishvara, one gains the power of Ishvara. Or whatever one meditates upon, one gains those powers. <coughs> so therefore, one gains luster because of meditating upon Brahman, upon God. and also apparently one gains a luster because of good behavior and the knowledge of vedas so that also gives a luster so brahma varchas virukti darshan samaptyartha so virukti ya evam veda evam veda that statement is repeated twice for 
దర్శన సమాప్త్యర్థ ఇట్ ఇస్ ఫర్ కంక్లూడింగ్ దిస్ మెడిటేషన్ సో మెడిటేషన్ బాన్ మైండ్ ఇస్ బ్రహ్మన్ అండ్ ఆకాశ ఇస్ బ్రహ్మన్ సో సర్వత్ర ఇది ఉభయత సంబద్ధతే విద్యాఫలం సమానం సర్వత్ర ఇన్ ఆల్ ది కేసెస్ ద రిజల్ట్ ఆఫ్ మెడిటేషన్ ఇస్ సేమ్ సో ఉభయత సంబద్ధతే సో సో బ్రహ్మ సంపత్తి అదృష్టం ఫలం దాట్ ఆల్సో విషుడ్ సో సర్వత్ర విద్యాఫలం సమానం సో దృష్టిఫలం అండ్ అదృష్టఫలం దట్ వన్ గెయిన్స్ ద కీర్తి అండ్ యశస్ అండ్ బ్రహ్మ వర్చస్ దాని దృష్టఫలం సర్వత్ర బ్రహ్మ సంపత్తి ఎవ్రీవేర్ ఆల్సో ఐడెంటిఫికేషన్ బ్రహ్మన్ ఆల్సో ఇస్ ది అదృష్టం ఫలం సో దిస్ మెడిటేషన్ అండ్ గివ్స్ టూ కైండ్స్ ఆఫ్ ఫల దృష్టం అండ్ అదృష్టం దృష్టం ఈస్ what is evident adrushtam is what may not be evident drushtam is immediate adrushtam is what comes in course of time so drushtam also can be what one gains in this world adrushta can be what one gains in the other world so brahma sampatti identification brahman is the adrushtam phalam and this kirti yashas brahma vachas is the drushta phalam <coughs> నో కంటిన్యూయింగ్ సేద్ అనగిరి ఖండాంతరస్య సంగతిం ఆహ సో నో వాట్స్ ది కనెక్షన్ ఆఫ్ ది ఫాలోయింగ్ ప్యాసేజ్ విత్ వాట్ ఇస్ గాన్ బాయ్ సో ఆదిత్య భాష్యకారస్ ఆదిత్య బ్రహ్మణ పాద ఉక్త తస్మిన్ సకల బ్రహ్మదృష్ట్యర్థమారైట్ ఇన్ దిస్ ప్యాసేజ్ ఆదిత్య ఇస్ ప్రెసెంటెడ్ ఎస్ వన్ ఫుడ్ ఆఫ్ బ్రహ్మ మీనింగ్ ఆదిత్య ఇస్ ప్రెసెంటెడ్ ఎస్ వన్ పార్ట్ ఆఫ్ బ్రహ్మన్ ఆర్ అపోన్ ఆదిత్య యూ మెడిటేట్ అపాన్ నాట్ టోటల్ బ్రహ్మన్ యూ లుక్ అపాన్ ఆదిత్య ఇస్ ఓన్లీ ఎస్ ఫుడ్ ఆఫ్ బ్రహ్మన్ that means that you meditate upon aditya as a part of brahman here on the other hand so aditya brahmana pada ukta hai aditya said with the foot of brahman iti tasmin sakala brahma drushtyartham <coughs> now for now aditya is his status is raised now aditya is meditated upon as brahman full flesh tasmin sakala brahma drushtyartham so formally you meditate upon aditya as only one foot of brahman now meditate upon aditya as brahman in its totality <coughs> for that purpose idam arabhyate the next passage is commenced so next passage says aditya brahmityadeshah tasya upavyakhyanam అసేవేదమగ్ర ఆసీత్ తత్సదాసీ తత్సమభవత తదాండం నిరవర్త తత్సంవత్సరస్ మాత్రాశయత తన్నిరభిద్యతండకపాలే ఆదిత్యో బ్రహ్మ ఇది ఆదేశ నా దిస్ ఇస్ ఫర్దర్ ఇన్స్ట్రక్షన్ ఫర్దర్ ఎంజాయినింగ్ వెర్ ఎంజాయినింగ్ వెర్ నౌ మేము లుక్ అపాన్ ఆదిత్య ఎస్ బ్రహ్మ ఆదిత్య పసెస్ ఇస్ ఆల్ ద నెసెసరీ కెపాసిటీ ఆర్ ఆర్ గ్రేట్నెస్ టు మెడిటేట్ అపాన్ ఎస్ బ్రహ్మ ఆదిత్య ఇస్ నాట్ ఓన్లీ కేపబుల్ ఆఫ్ బీయింగ్ మెడిటేట్ అపాన్ ఫుడ్ ఆఫ్ బ్రహ్మ Pradhitya, in fact, has the greatness and the glory. Just as mind was formerly looked upon as one of the attributes of Brahman, but no mind itself is looked upon as Brahman because mind has the Brahman-ness. So, of course, Vashyakaya said that mind is married upon Brahman because it's, it is where you know Brahman, but mind itself is great. You know, mind has great capacities. It thinks, it feels, it knows. 
it grows, it achieves, it constantly changes, it travels, it pervades everywhere. This mind has so many capacities, not only Akash, but mind also. So Aditya also possesses so much, so many capacities. Adi sun, he has a luster, so his brightness, it shines, illumines the whole world. Sun is in fact the source of the universe called the earth. From that the earth has emerged, by that the earth is sustained, and to that the earth will go back. Earth is nothing but the manifestation of sun. And whatever the earth is nothing but energy of sun. And therefore, sun is like the creator, sustainer, dissolver, the Ishwara. And therefore, sun is so great that it can be meditated upon as Brahman, as Ishwara, as God. <coughs> so, Aditya Brahma We look upon sun as God. Because God is, of course, infinite. And that it is very difficult, not possible for the mind to be able to visualize or grasp God in its entirety. Therefore, we present before you what you can grasp. Aditya is something that we can grasp. And still it, in itself it is glorious. In itself it is powerful. In itself it is, uh, it is all pervading by way of pervading by way of light. So in itself possesses many attributes. The Akasha possesses attributes of Brahman, all pervasiveness, being formless, being untainted, being all accommodative. The sun also possesses brightness, the luster, the energy, the power, etc. <coughs> and therefore, so all of these evident, these are called Pratyaksha Brahman. These are all the evident manifestations of God, where it is very easy to see the glory of God. So fire, sun, moon, wind, they are all powerful forces also. It is very easy to see the glory and the greatness and power of Ishvara in all these elements. And therefore, they are presented as those who worship this God. And if you cannot meditate upon God, then all right. You can do the worship. Kāyavāngmana kāryamuttavam. Meditation at the mental level is the best. If you cannot do that, well, praise them. Sing their glories. Cannot do that, worship them, <coughs> or do everything. Therefore, in our culture, we have the worship of sun. And so many stotras are there that we sing the glories of sun. And then, all this meditation upon sun, like the, the Sandhyamandanam, the, the Gayatri Mantra, etc., are also a meditation upon sun. <coughs> so, it is Adesha. So, this is the instruction that may be meditated upon Aditya or Sun as Brahman. Tasupavyakhyanam. Here is an elaborate explanation. Basically, why? Why should we meditate upon Sun as Brahman? Well, here is the reason why. Upavyakhyanam. Upavyakhyanam means an explanation. But it's not an explanation of meditation. It's an explanation of glory of Sun which will enthuse you and inspire you to meditate upon sun as Brahman. When you see how glorious the sun is, then one is inspired to meditate. Asadeva idamagrasi. When sun was not shining, the whole universe was as though as great as non-existent. Idam, this universe was non-existent before its creation. Now creation can be creation in the primary sense, that when the universe was in a state of dissolution, then it was as good as non-existent. Or, in this instance, creation is the daylight. So creation is the whole universe becomes alive in the morning. And the whole universe becomes dead or it becomes insentient at night and becomes energized and enlivened when it, in the morning. So you can say the whole creation, the universe is created. Before it was created, it is as good as inert, as good as lifeless, as good as not there. Asadeva idamagrasid. When the sun was not there, the universe was as good as non-existent, lifeless, insentient. So that's how you sing the glories of sun. Tatsadasid. When the sun arose, 
then the whole universe became existent, became enlivened, became worthy of being called existing. Even if something exists, he is not as good as not actually sleeping, not doing anything, you know, he is as good as not existing, in a secondary sense. He exists all right, but you call him non-existing, useless fellow. When he starts doing something, you say, hey, he really exists, he is lively. So the universe also became I mean, existent. It got its life when the sun started shining. That's how Bhashyakara can explain. Literally it only means that the universe was non-existent before it was created. Then it became existent. That Sadasi became came into existence. Then how when it came to existence and slowly it evolved. So here the process of evolution is being told, or process of creation is being told really. Another method, another model of creation. So different models are presented, or different methods of creation are there. There is one here. How is the creation? The creation of a, a living being, like a bird from an egg. So what stages goes through? Universe also goes through similar stages in creation. Tat samabhavata. So then, the first stage is it as though became alive, and then it now wanted to manifest itself. So just as the seed swells when it wants to sprout, so the universe as though swells, it became slightly differentiated. In the beginning it was undifferentiated, meaning you could not differentiate names and forms in the causal stage. Now differentiation does not occur immediately. When a goldsmith makes ornaments out of gold, not in, it goes through many stages. So first of all it takes a lump of gold, starts beating it, you know. So start getting a little bit of shape. The shape becomes clearer and clearer and ultimately it becomes an ornament, you know and it's this final form. So here also the universe, you can see now slight activity taking place like a seed is ready to sprout. Tat andam niravartara then came out, became an egg, you know. So next stage is the egg. No, tat andam niravartata. Ha. Then it takes time for the egg to, the egg must be hatched for a period of time. For a period of one year, one cosmic year, this egg, the Brahmanda, the egg of the universe also was, remain in that place without any activity. Meaning still differentiation is not there. The, the slight activity was there in terms of the emergence as egg. That egg remained, so without any activity, without differentiation, for a whole cosmic year. Then the egg actually split open. Egg became two halves like that, you know, upper half and lower half. So, rajatam cha the lower half is called Rajatam Sun, or the silver, upper half is Suvarnam, the gold. <coughs> so, it's a very unique way of describing all of this for meditating upon the universe, you know. And therefore, don't become too, uh, and too identified and too rigid about the creation and stuff like that. How come every, uh, every you know, uh, Upanishad seems to, there is no consistency. No, we don't care for consistency. For us, universe is manifestation of God. So for us, universe is an object of meditation, for worship. We do worship God. And therefore, different Upanishads only provide different methods of worship of Ishvara, as, as universe. Ishvara is the material cause of universe. Ishvara manifests as universe. So it's all Leela. So just as Lord Krishna's different leelas are there, so how you meditate upon Lord Krishna with different leelas? So this universe is the leela of God, you know. So leela kaivalyam, 
All is Leela, is Krira, is poured. You can describe poured in different ways. And that every Upanishad presents a different way. Don't call it model, etc. It's a different way of meditating upon the Leela, the sport or the glory of Ishvara. So Upanishad doesn't care for being consistent. Every Kathakar of Bhagavata describes Krishna Leela in his own way. No two persons will describe the same thing. Everybody has his own imagination. Prekshire is called. So many books are written which simply describe the glory, creed of Lord Krishna, you know. How the child was playing, making mischief and whatever. So here also, every Upanishad as though describes the Leela of Ishvara as his universe. So that is where the interest is. Therefore, it is not scientific stuff. We are not interested in the Veda, it is not scientific. Upanishad is not scientific. We are not hung up with calling it science. And we don't have any need to be, to gain any kind of uh, respect or any kind of, uh, you know, uh, what shall I say, the, uh, the approval from science. We don't need that. It's an independent pramana. Scientists should seek approval from here, not the other way around. These poor religious people are so, they're such inferiority complex that they feel the need of approval from scientists because an ordinary person doesn't accept scripture except science. We, who cares? Who cares what a stupid person thinks? Why do we have to get approval from a stupid person? Let him rise to the level of appreciation of a scripture rather than we have to come down to that level. So we don't want to say that oh, Veda is scientific, open is Vedanta is scientific, not at all. Let science say that we are Vedantic if they want to, not the other way around. Science, science is very shallow. Simply based on perception and inference, they, they cannot go beyond that. Which is all right for them. For Vyavara, they say Nayaikas are good for Vyavara, scientists are good for Vyavara. That's all right. Not good for spiritual growth. The Nayaika is not good for spiritual growth because they give reality to the universe and to dukkha, give reality to the pain and sorrow. And then they give you so-called real means of becoming free from sorrow. We don't want that. Sorrow is not real. If sorrow is real, that's where the science begins. Nyaya begins with sorrow being real. Science begins with the need of the human being being real and wants to fulfill your need. That's not spirituality, that is all samsara. What is spirituality? Well, what's the reality of need? That's where it begins. Science begins with need being real. Then tells you all psychology and stuff like that. Everything begins from there. Because they, that's all they can infer. This person needs something, you know, and he has some problem inside. He is reacting like this. Well, let us see what happened. So that, that's how they can go up to this life. And go come mother and father and genetics and this, that. This is fine. We respect that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong about it. We respect it. We use it also. <coughs> all we can use it is to say how they verify what Vedanta says. That's all. <coughs> Vedanta is the only one that is not afraid of science. Everybody else is scared of science. Including Pope and everybody else. When science comes up with different, you know, announcements, pronouncements, these fellows have to, they're at a great defense, they become very defensive. Should we accept Darwin or not accept? Taken centuries for them. Who is Darwin? Why should we not accept him? You know? And so Darwin only talks about the superficial level. Where is the question of not accepting him? When the Bible says something, well, forget what Bible. Or interpret Bible in its own way. We don't care what Veda says. If it goes against what Vedanta says, we interpret Vedas also accordingly. So we are not wedded to words. We are wedded to truth. Vedanta is not wedded to word. Nor about Manusmriti says, let anybody say whatever they want to say. We are wedded to truth. And therefore we will interpret Manusmriti also accordingly. Not interpret truth according to Manusmriti because Manu said, so human being said this and thereby is ultimate. Nothing is ultimate. Truth alone is ultimate. And what a human being says has to be interpreted. If it cannot be set aside, so we leave it there and proceed further. These fellows are stuck there. <coughs> they get stuck with what Bible said 2000 years ago. 
or Islam said 1500 years ago. Don't get stuck there. So this is how, although Vedas are all Pramana, but understand that nobody follows Vedas between you and me. It's gone. Vedas are all, who, who follows any methods of Veda? So Yajna Yaga is all fine, you know, it's all adrushta. We want something drushta, something tangible. So intangible things are all gone. Tangible things are there. Because that's what a human being requires. Those days human being was more evolved and therefore intangible things were and enough for him. Nowadays it's become very gross. So intangible things, okay, we don't say Vedas are wrong, but we need something more than that. So therefore junk food comes. All the good food is all right, you know, but still. And that's how you keep growing. It is true that eating this is no good, I realize that. But anyway, not only our physical health, some mental stuff also is there, you know, and therefore that mind also needs to be nourished in some way, whatever. No, I'm not, what I'm saying is that one has to proceed. That is what Hinduism is. Always a forward-looking tradition, a growing tradition, an evolving tradition. There can be no last word as far as Saguna Brahma is concerned. No last word. Last word as far as ultimate truth is concerned. But as far as Saguna Brahma is infinite, infinite attributes. And therefore if you discover more attributes, all science is nothing but the manifestation of singing glory of Brahman. That's all as far as we are concerned. What is science doing? Singing glories of Ishvara. They are telling us great wonders which are there in nature. That's all wonder that is Ishvara. <coughs> so we are happy with science. You can use science for meditation upon Brahman and not for dismissing something else. It's also a tool. So everything is a tool. Anyway, that's how these meditations, as I say, so, all these processes of creation described are to help us meditate upon God. Even Vedantins will say that it is to establish that God is the cause, it's okay. Material cause and efficient cause and try to fix everything into five. So, they will fix everything in the model of the five elements and that's another problem also. Everybody has their own problems. Because there is a model of five elements, everything should fit into that, you know. It's all right, we don't mind that because human minds need some kind of a consistency of the system also. But understand that these are all meant for worship, for meditation, for appreciation and glory of Ishwara. So why do you have to even fit into five, five elements and stuff like that? It's not necessary to confine anything. There's no need to confine Ishwara or his glories into any kind of a model. When you confine it, it becomes restricted. So no need to confine worship. Give freedom to your imagination. A child must be given freedom for imagination. While giving me a certain guideline, of course, that imagination should not be wild. Imagination should be creative. At the same time, freedom must be there, following certain pattern. <coughs> so here, this passage of the, you know, this section, provide its own description of how the creation took place. <clears throat> so, and look at Bhashyakara, how he explains all of this. That also is, because the Mimamsa, Bhashyakara has to follow the rules of Mimamsa. That being the case, sometimes, some very beautiful thing is reduced to some very simple rule, you know. So, it's only for Arthavada, Hogyaka, you know, it's Arthavada. He satisfied that he has explained this sentence in keeping with the, the rules which are revolved by the Mimamsakas. But Arthavada means Tuti. Tuti means praise, means singing glories, means meditating. So therefore, this Mashyakara will say Arthavada, which is right, technically speaking. But Arthavada is Stuti, in this case, which is meant for worship. <coughs> So Vashyakara explains, Adityo Brahmetyadeshah Upadeshah Tassopavyakshanam Kriyade Stutyartham 
ఆదిత్యో బ్రహ్మ ఇది ఆదేశ ఆదిత్య బ్రహ్మన్ ఇది ఆదేశ ఆదేశ మీన్స్ కమాండ్ ఉపదేశ ఇట్ ఇస్ ఇన్స్ట్రక్షన్ దట్స్ టీచింగ్ మే లుకపాన్ ఆదిత్య సన్ యాజ్ బ్రహ్మన్ నో బాషికర్ ఇట్ ఇస్ నాట్ స్పెండ్ టైమ్ హియర్స్ టు వాయ్ ఆల్దో ఉపనిషత్ ఇస్తే ఎక్స్ప్లెయిన్ బస్టిన్ సన్ ఇస్ ఎవిడెంట్ మేనిఫెస్టేషన్ ఆఫ్ గాడ్ అండ్ రెప్రజెంట్ మెనీ గ్లోరీస్ ఆఫ్ గాడ్ నాట్ ఆల్ ఆఫ్ దెమ్ బట్ మెనీ ఇట్స్ ఎస్ బ్రిలియంట్ షైనింగ్ ఫుల్ ఆఫ్ ఎనర్జీ ఆల్వేస్ గ్రేట్ఫుల్ ఆల్వేస్ ఆల్వేస్ బిజీ సర్వింగ్ గ్రేట్ కర్మయోగి సిటింగ్ దేర్ ఆల్ ద టైమ్ సర్వింగ్ ద హోల్ బర్డ్ సీట్ ఇట్ బ్రింగ్స్ ఇవాపరేట్ వాటర్ కన్వర్షన్ టు క్లౌడ్స్ బ్రింగ్స్ అవర్ ద రెయిన్ రిస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫర్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ దట్ హ్యాపన్ all the pressures and everything is due to sun all wind currents all everything is all due to sun <clears throat> so sitting there he runs our lives so floods also come everything due to sun if we live with as he wants us to live there won't be devastations usually the devastations are very often creations of human beings many floods are creations of human beings we are very smart not always smart very stupid and selfish and therefore we have our own understanding of how the nature works so yeah we have and accordingly sometimes we interfere we interfere in the nature's functioning to suit our interest because we are great we understood how the nature works we know the laws of nature so use the laws to our advantage and therefore you can find the water by building a dam raise the height use that to create power irrigation is all fine no doubt but then there are other aspects also some day the nature shows that that's not right let me flow unrestricted you don't let it flow unrestricted and then so there is no water where it should be there there are other things happen also and when the river is flowing in its might then it goes as it wants sometimes goes this way that way we don't like that because we don't know whether the river will go next monsoon sometimes it will flood some other areas we don't want them to flood because we were living there and so we build bonds but again so restrict the flow of the river in in a given passage so consistently river flows this way but now when something like this happens when the rains are beyond our expectation then that one is not enough if you had allowed river to flow different ways in two three ways it could have flown perhaps and not created such devastation anyway we are learning about it do you think that we are very smart but we learn more and more from nature anyway so interfere with nature and then sometimes suffer the consequences whatever it is but then the thing is so our understanding of course is uh, therefore what it is is going to be limited but the ishwara's glory is i said there is no final word as far as saguna brahma is concerned no final word about the laws of nature are concerned no final word about understanding of nature is concerned so global warming is one understanding i understand today and hopefully it's a better understanding what we had 50 years ago now we understand nature better and hopefully we will we will change modify our lives with new understanding it takes a long time because it is painful we are self centered we are fearful so we don't want to give up the mode of life which with which we are secure so we want to produce industrialize we want to consume more you want greater prosperity you want more comfort so you need to produce more and by producing more you cannot take it on every rule you cannot dot every t and, and i mean every i and cross every t so you take you know you, you violate certain laws of nature and then nature shows up like this as a cumulative effect the ozone gaps you know and the war the, the global warming and when it gets that dimension then our eyes open so wait a minute what's happening here 
But still we are very slow. Such countries, United States argues against doing something about global warming because they need to sacrifice, which is politically not right. What may be right scientifically, what may be right also in a, from a humanitarian point of view, is not right politically. Why? Because you won't get worse. Politi- politics means selfishness. That politically means selfishness. It's not right for the country as a, as, because America as a unit. They want to retain their economic supremacy and military supremacy and that's technological supremacy, etc. But they don't want to change their lifestyle. Make car smaller, use smaller amount of gas, gasoline, and change your lifestyle. Don't live so far away that every day to commit 50 miles this way and that way. He wants to live in the rural area, wants to work in the city, but wants to live among the fields. But they are far away, so commute fifty miles this way and that way. Means use all the energy, waste all the energy. One person driving a car which uses, you know, which gives seven miles in a liter or something like that, or gallon or whatever, you know. But he wants his personal comfort. He wants to live in a comfortable environment. So he doesn't care. So then now you say, live here, so I won't vote for you. <laughs> you want his vote? You want his support? All that better, live there, huh? we'll, we'll do whatever you need. And so you tell the world, no, no, you are, this is not right. We don't want, they don't say we don't want to do. They say, no, this is not right. That's politics. So you can see the self-centeredness of a human being. His insecurity, that's called politics. To protect our insecurities and protect our self-centeredness is called politics. So use, you use your military might, economic might, technological might to intimidate other people, threaten them, get your way. In the United Nations Security Council, everywhere else, what comes is who is powerful, who is more influence. No, you can't displease China, you cannot displease this fellow, you cannot displease that fellow. And that way you must please them. That's called politics. Whether it is in keeping with the law or not, you please them. Because then only our economic prosperity can be sustained. All I am saying is that just as an individual is selfish, as nation also we are selfish. So that is what is going on. So that's what makes it painful to change. What I am saying is why do we not change? Because it is painful. We are insecure. And so, it took only fifty years for global warming to take hundred years before we change our lifestyle, two hundred years, I don't know, before human being shows the generosity and magnanimity to say, okay, I am wrong, I must change. <clears throat> anyway, so, that is how uh, the nature's glory, there is no last word as far as understanding is concerned. We have to keep changing our understanding and keep changing in lifestyle. They are telling us, Ishwara is telling us, come on, change, fellows. You become too, uh, too wasteful, too self-centered. And so uh, change. The spiritual change you have to bring about. When we bring internal change, then life can change. If I resolve that, okay, I'll consume less, that's a spiritual state, then my lifestyle will change. <clears throat> so anyway, Edi Upadesha, so look upon, Aditya is God, so may you meditate upon Aditya as Ishvara. Similar to looking upon one Murti here as Ishvara. So similarly looking upon one Murti as Ishvara. All that is important is meditating upon God. Stupid fellows, it doesn't matter how you meditate, or you are worshipping idols, etc. All of these are means to help us meditate upon Ishvara. That's what is important. Even if I meditate upon idol, then also I meditate upon with love and devotion. That's important. Even if I meditate upon idol, so what? I do. Don't say that we don't worship idols. We worship idols. We are idolaters. We are. Worship idols. 
But then when I worship an idol, what the idol does, it creates, there is a magic that brings about a devotee in me. So devotee worships. Then there is, there is a devotion in my mind, Shraddha in my mind. I am a different person at that time, isn't it? I am not a samsari at that time. So that's how it brings about, more I do that, more I change. So we don't mind being, say, you know, we don't have to satisfy those fellows your idolaters, so what? They think that by worshipping idol is wrong, that's your problem, not our problem. And we are so defensive, we feel so inferior, that you say, no, no, we don't worship idols, we worship God, of course. But we invoke God, we in fact enliven this, that's the whole idea of prana pratishtha. That we infuse life into this, what we call idol or murti. No more murti is God. So worship Tirupati as it is, worship Srinathji as it is, why should I go there otherwise? If I am only worshipping not idol and worshipping, I need not go there. No, no, I worship that one. That is its own power which influences me in a certain way. So, they think that we are worshipping God, meaning we are worshipping God in this form. I mean, don't worship stone, we are worshipping Ishvara in this form. So, Ishvara is, through His grace and, and, you know, grace and His compassion manifested as this form. <coughs> so, that way we are one step lower than Upanishad. Upanishad wants us to meditate upon Brahman. But then also Upasanas are two forms. Either you meditate upon the very sun with the idea of Brahman, or you transcend the sun and meditate upon Brahman. <coughs> anyway, but meditating upon the very sun is Brahman. So you are meditating, what is in your mind is sun. You look upon sun as Brahman. Or what is in your mind is Brahman, sun is gone. <clears throat> so that's okay. But even meditating on sun as Brahman. So we revere sun. Nothing wrong in it. So oh, the sun is an inert. We don't look upon that as inert. We look upon that as, as nothing but manifestation of God. So we revere sun, revere earth, revere fire, revere nature as it is. Not through something. Not through sun I worship God. As sun I worship God, you know. I worship sun as God also. Because sun has godliness. And thus sun invokes in me that devotee. <coughs> Aditya Brahmati Adeshaha Upadeshaha. That Aditya is God. That is the next meditation. That's the instruction. Tasyopavyakyanam <coughs> Kriyade. Tuttyartham Tasyupavyakhyanam Kriyate Now an explanation of that is given. So what follows is an explanation. So Vashaka says Stuttyartham. Meaning that what follows should not be taken literally. Yarthavada. <coughs> so Arthavada very often accompanies a vidhi. Because a vidhi. Adeshaha, Esha Adeshaha. Esha Upadesha. <coughs> so when you enjoin or command, do this, then Vedas believe that somebody will do that only when there is a benefit, not otherwise. So we have to motivate that fellow to do something. It is not enough to give instruction, do it. But then you must motivate him to do. Vedas also do that. See, Vedas will respect the person that merely commanding is not enough. Let there be motivation. When person is self-motivated, then he will do that. So therefore, how do you get motivated? When you find that doing it is very beneficial. What I am worshipping is so great. Sun is so great, so glorious. Then I am enthused and motivated to worship. So Vartavada in the most stuti is to motivate. So what follows is stuti. 
describing the glory or greatness of sun. And that's how the meditator is motivated to meditate upon sun. So that's how Vashekar explains this, meaning that you don't have to take it literally. But get the message. So, description is one kind, but that description is meant to give you the message of the glory of the sun. That Vashekar explains how this description shows the glory of the sun. We'll see it next time. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Punapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmede Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti Shanti Deshanti Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om